being recorded. Oh my goodness. <laughs> did you hear that? Sure did. Like, oh my God, that was so I, loud. Like what I was never did that before? That's you know what I'm saying. It just started doing it today. Look, I got look, I gotta change that. That that that's bothering me. Wait, so let me see if I can find this crap. Is that that well, wasn't let's do, moving, let's, right? we'll just do it afterwards, you know. Do we'll fix it after the show. Man, forget all that. I ain't got time for it. But I gotta I gotta turn that board off. Oh, uh, wait a second. Uh recording, where's the recording thing? Let's still recording. I don't yeah, I don't need them telling me when we saw a recording or whatever, but okay, there we go. Recording. Record, da 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 da. You edit this out. <laughs> I'm not editing this out. I'm not editing this out. Okay. All right, anyway, hello and welcome to another episode of the Black Dog Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Arthur Hosey Jr. of the class of 2008. I'm joined by my co-host, Kendrick Vivian, a.k.a. Bully, and Derek Thomas. Uh, Derek, while Kendrick is getting his whole phone situation, how are you feeling today? Man, I'm good, man. I've been celebrating my 41st birthday for two weeks. So, um, you know, I actually went to Mobile the weekend of my birthday, uh, did karaoke for the first time this past week. I was terrible. I need some. I need some lessons, Kendrick. I need some stage fright lessons, bro. Uh, and then I had a birthday dinner um, this past weekend, and I also uh, did some shopping. So yeah. Okay. So women be shopping. Women be shopping. Be shopping. Oh. <laughs> you. I feel like you lying about you tapping a little bit about your age, but. That's okay. There's no bro. way that you're 41. 41. 41. I'm 41 years old. I mean, I know and, I'm younger now. I mean, when you lose 106 or 70 pounds, you're going to look younger. You know what I mean? Uh, you need to add a couple of years to that uh, 41, I mean, but okay. When you, I say, as I've been losing weight, I've been saying I, I lost a whole curvy woman, and I ain't upset about it. You know? So when I get to the 200s, I'm gonna say I lost me a BBW, and I'm still not upset about it. That's a little wow. weight loss humor. A little weight loss humor, you know. Don't nobody get offended. It's just a joke. It may not be funny to you, but it's funny. Be to done. You. Can y'all hear me? Say you. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, I, I went and got. I went. And, I stopped to get my speaker out because I can barely hear you. So I got my speaker going horn and everybody. No, it's funny. Listen, so I stopped and. I just, I just like to say, I stopped at this Dollar General. The first person I see is the old drummer at my church who I hadn't seen in, like, years. So I started speaking to him, and another dude that I played baseball with jumps out his truck on this car. Then the guy that works here jumps out, and um, the girl walks out saying, hey, don't say hey. I said, huh? So I walked up to everybody. I'm like, dang, I'm trying to just get somebody the back seat. And, like, everybody at the store, I know everybody at the store, so I'm rolling now. Man, you country as heck. Where, where you at right now? What time? I was being cut. I mean, you when you relax, you do, do I need to get back to uh? I need to get back to my professional voice or something. I'm sorry. No, I just asked where you at since you seeing people you know. I'm like, you made it back to Moss Point. Oh man, I'm just leaving. Uh, I'm just leaving. So, uh, yes, yeah. I have a, man, since we're talking, we talking about Moss Point, man, how was that book in there, water, water park in uh Waveland? <clears throat> This was that Buccaneer Wharf. I don't know nothing about a Wharf fucking way. Oh shoot, but I mean, I googled you know, it. It was there, oh. so you know, you know, I'm trying to be a beach bum, you know. 
It's supposed to be heard, nice. Well, I, I heard you reiterate I'm doing karaoke. How is that possible in 41 years of life? Man, I just, I just always chickened out. <laughs> Say what? Been to karaoke nights and stuff like that. Man, I always I would go. I would always chicken out, bro. I, I I would I would I would get my uh my coward my coward courage coward dog on, you know. It's just the first time I heard when I when I read it, I'm like, dude, I ain't never been to karaoke. What? I've been. I just never. I always chickened out. I didn't chicken out. I almost did. My some other sister Demetri was like, no, you not chicken out. You go up there, you know. So we was supposed to do we was supposed to do YMCA, right? We supposed to do YMCA together. Fine. She put up and did uh Rick James, uh Mary Jane, you know. So I'm like, well, I thought we were gonna do YMCA. So uh I did uh, when does by cry by Prince. This is a song I know the words to word for word. When the music started playing, playing my froze like a deer in the head, like like what I'm supposed to do. What if, what so the words it? So you still can't drink? I can, but I was driving. But they have a drunk karaoke down here on Wednesday nights. I'm going to take an Uber to it. All and karaoke is good. What are you talking about? I don't read no guckety guck. Boy. What? Oh, I'm sorry. That was a commercial. What are we talking about today? Yeah, let's Man, look. Okay, first of all, since he tried karaoke, I did karaoke once. I did regulators. And then the second time, I can't remember what I sang. But I am not fooling with karaoke no more because cell phones messed it up. Used to be a time you could go make a fool out of yourself and it'd be cool and don't nobody know about it unless. But when they started having where you could record karaoke, like, look, man, I'm not trying to go viral for y'all. Let me tell you, Arthur, that it was a dude recording. He had his phone up in everybody's face. I told my sorority sister, I said, I'm not going up there if that dude going to have my phone in my in my face. You know, I, I don't not want to be recorded. You know, not my first time. Let me get up there and, you know, you know, get some courage in me a little bit. So I'm going I'm I'm to need to get some legal courage in me first. That's why I'm going to take an Uber to the drunk karaoke on Wednesday night. So yeah. Both of y'all, then we can get started. Two tips. First one is you just said it. Liquid courage. That's your first, that's your first go. You got to. If you if you do it, I ain't gonna say, you know, if you're not an avid drinker or nothing like that, hey man, go get the drink first. But if you drink, drink. All right, that's the first thing. The second one is don't get up there trying to sound. That's the part of karaoke anybody can do. You get up there and be like, you act a fool with it. And nobody cares that you sound like right. You up there on the thing, and it's like terrible. You see that all the time. Somebody trying to get a record deal, and they can't even get you know. They, Man, and they're if I could have, if I could have had my karaoke moment when I was in my truck on my way home, you know, I was by myself. I had a weapon about looking at me, you know. Act a fool, man. Just act a fool. Let's cut a fool with. And look, yeah. when that camera in your camera, play to the camera, make faces McKinney, at the camera. McKinney, you're a natural performer, though, bro. I, but this one, I'm, I'm giving you tips. I'm saying, I ain't saying perform. I'm saying, I, I cut a fool. All right? You are, <laughs> just cut a fool like, dude, y'all know I can't be fair a couple times. This ain't, you know, I ain't saying good. Now, y'all know this ain't 
Don't I don't want no record deal, you know, something just act a fool with it. Don't do it up there trying to sound like Luther. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, because you got people that get up there and think karaoke is okay, I gotta sound good. They try to sing and they sound like a seven year old at church. But you can't well, do that, you know. Man. Well, I, right, tell anyway. what, I, I tell you what. What 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 when we figure out which game we're doing live, we'll try to find us some carryover. We'll do it together. Right. Ain't nobody got time for this. I, anyway, as long as I can hide in the back. Bruh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm small enough where I can hide in the back now. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> so, right, so let's finally actually talk about the topic. So, first thing, national championship. Everybody <laughs> else talking about the national championship except for us. You know what I'm saying? We late to the party. We late to the party and after. We late to the party and after party. Hold up, man. How you gonna steal my line? Really? It's the Black Dogs podcast. Y'all should have <laughs> known we were gonna be late. <laughs> now, oh, you got a national championship sticker. Look at him. Yeah. Turn up. Oh, okay. So, okay. Alright. So, uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I... It took me a while to... Like, okay. I never went public with this, but, you know, I was a little shaky with the whole national championship deal. To be honest with you, when people were talking about it, I kind of like... Because I know how our team could be. They're very up and down, up and down, up and down. But then I think that after we've won that first Texas game, the one where Will Betting on them um, broke that strikeout record, that was when I was kind of like, I think we can pull this off. Because I thought about it and I said that one thing about our team throughout the year is that they might not have always been – the best team per se. Sometimes they play down to their competition and stuff like that. But one thing about them is that they'll go down and then they'll fight back. They always kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting. And then I was like, all it takes is for you to get hot. <laughs> you know, that's all it takes is for you to get hot at the right time. Um, and with the whole, uh, who was the guy who was jacking up all throughout the, the year? The guy that we was the one that went to the twins. Pitcher, pitcher. Oh shoot! The one that yeah, gave uh, up like thirty runs in the first uh, Vanderbilt game. Oh, you and Ashton, I was the name. Because uh, because hit the Bettner, Bristol, and. I don't that know. Guy. Anything is he, I had all these details when all this happened. We are national champions, and there's nothing that the old Miss Rebels can do about it. McLeod. We gotta you, know this dude's name. That's McLeod. 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 That's it. Christian McLeod. We have listeners. When we we got uh, we got people to help us out. Thank you, Thad. Christian McLeod. I love Christian McLeod, but. Oh my goodness! Oh, and what he did in that first game, I was like, "Oh my god!" Because the bad thing about it is that I had a dude that 
there was a guy a Vanderbilt fan, which that's an oxymoron. He wrote this post in his sports group talking crap about me, about how Mississippi State was so sorry and they was going to win and Vanderbilt was going to win and that shit. I'm like, dude, I ain't never heard you talking about Vanderbilt ever, <laughs> ever. And now when Vanderbilt is playing Mississippi State in the national championship, I ain't heard you say nothing about Vanderbilt all season. I ain't heard you say nothing about it in the College World Series. But when they get to the finals, and you know they're playing Mississippi State, okay, you want to try and talk crap. I'm like, they get the freak out of here. And so after the first game, he going to make a post. But then I, I noticed that he was suspiciously quiet after the, you know, during the third game. Now, I'd never seen anything like it. But what I told him is, I like, dude, Christian McLeod, we knew that was going to happen. Like, you know, <laughs> dude, I like, dude, got the yip. Um, I was like, I knew that that was going to happen. But I'm like, y'all scored all the runs in the first game and then scored one for the rest of the series? Or was it two? Okay, two for the rest of the series. That was it. Yeah, well, you know. yeah. Because them two came from game two. That's it. And also, Vanderbilt didn't belong in the freaking finals anyway, but whatever. Yes, we um, wonder if we could have beaten North Carolina State, but... I believe that we were a team of destiny. It didn't matter who the other team was. So, so much for all of that. So, I'm going to go to Kendrick, the guy that actually played college baseball. Or, um, you know, so what, what were your thoughts on the what were your thoughts going in, and what are your thoughts now? Going in, I never – I did not see us or imagine us getting there. That's just 100% honest. I did, I did not see – I didn't think offensively we were going in. I did not. Because um, after I – mean, you got to be honest with it. Um, during the season, kind of, you know, you had those other guys, those big bats. But at the end of the season, you had uh, a couple of guys that weren't, weren't doing what they were. They had we had been accustomed to the doing. It had become the the rowdy and, and Tanner show, you know. But the other guys, it's like what's happening? Every now and then, they it's like when that bottom of the lineup clicks, they click together. All of them just start clicking together. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of getting shaky at the end. And then even going into the tournament. You saw where we were struggling bad, and I don't put too much stock in the tournament. It's the tournament I didn't then either, but it was kind of, you know, the same thing as what, what was going on at the end of the season. It was like, what is going on with these guys? You know, we, we were falling. We were falling, but like I said, when we got into the regionals, that's when you know, that's when that's when it really counts. But we got into the regionals, and I feel this say, and when we got there, I was like, hey, I'm glad we got there. You know, I don't, I don't see why, you know, we earned it, but I don't see us winning no daddy now, and I did. Um, but even even those first couple of games, those guys at the bottom of the lineup wasn't showing up really. You know what I'm saying? They weren't really doing anything. And it's like, come on, man. If they don't get – if they don't touch the ball at all like they've been doing. You know, Kellum Clark came along at the end of the series. Um, uh, at the end of the whole, the whole tournament. He came on. Your boy even got to start touching the ball. I think he got two. Matter of fact, he had like three or four hits. The, 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 the uh, fresh, the other two fresh. I know who you're talking about. That automatic out dude. Outstanding shortstop. But he was 
I mean, like, it was like automatic, just write that in as an out. Are you doing ice or something like that? Are you next to an ice maker? What's going on? What, what are you hearing? I don't know. It sounds like something random. <laughs> I'm random now? Let that man now, tell I don't you hear it no more. Where about ice? I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to make this work, dude. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, as I'm like you, as we got further along, and once I saw the pitching matchup, especially for the uh, the national championship series, when I saw the pitch, when I saw the matchups and what we had heard from them, I felt really confident. Even though Vanderbilt won the series during the season, it's a different dynamic the way the games are set up. You know what I'm saying? Because you playing, you playing, you playing, you playing now. It's a different, you know, dynamic, and I felt really confident going into the series. You know, uh, and I, like I said, I'd be the first one to say I didn't, I didn't see it happen. Um, they're not; these guys aren't stars yet. All right, Rowdy and Tanner are the stars on the team. They're stars, right? The other guys were we're learning their names pretty much. I mean, let's be real; we're learning their names. The other team that we got there, oh, those were stars. They had been there, you know and all that kind of stuff, all the accolades and all that, these guys have earned their name this year. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, for me personally, and I've said, I think that's the difference because going into the other World Series, you know, I'm like, you know, everybody knows these guys. The world knows these guys. The world didn't know really know Mississippi State this year. The world didn't know us. They knew our, our pitching staff. When you heard about us, oh, you heard about pitching staff, pitching staff, pitching staff. Them doggone backs came to life in Omaha. At the end, you know, later and later as it got, those bats came to life. And it, I think that ultimately, I mean, that made a difference. Because, I mean, the pitching did great, but that, that was a difference. And before I, I'm going to end it right here and pass it on. But if anybody's listening, I'm going to give a shout-out to that bullpen. Um, when I think we had a different pitch every inning. That one game that we won, was that, I want to say it was that uh, Texas, maybe? I can't remember, but whatever. It was your boy's game, I think, um, Christian's game. And they came in, and they pitched. It was like a different person every inning. And they yeah, the one ball. where he waved goodbye to the um, home run. Appearance was outstanding, dude. Like, we, we give up betting all his props, which he very well deserved. But that bullpen was off the chain. Hey, what do you say? What do you say now? Now, now, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. Okay, so I was about to say, you you got to acknowledge, though, that it, it was a team effort. Everybody came together, but Will Bettinar in that Texas game, you talking about somebody who set the tone. Will Bettinar, in my opinion, like I say, his performance set the tone. Because he just he took it to another level. Um, because the entire bullpen, I mean, the entire pitching staff had been screwing up up to that point pretty much. And Will Bernard he just came out when it mattered the most and whew, gave it his all. Um, I personally, the Notre Dame series, game three of the Notre Dame series, I had already, I was in the, the acceptance stage of um, the cycle of grief. Like, I, I was like, okay, the team been playing like garbage the first game, but we happened to win because of errors and stuff. We got smashed yeah. in the second game. I was like, I yeah. am willing to accept 
that our season is finally going to end tonight and that it's going to be a huge disappointment because I thought we were going to get to the College World Series, but we're going to come up a little bit short. And then we won the game, and I kind of like, okay. So, Derek, uh, what were your thoughts kind of before, during, and after the, the uh, College World Series? Well, I mean, I had no doubt we were going to beat Texas. Uh, when we got to Vanderbilt, I, I, I was a little nervous, being that we haven't really had a good history against Vanderbilt. Um, there are two starting pitchers can be so dominant. That's almost two automatic wins right there in Lighter and Kumar Rocker. Um, but, you know, when I saw Kumar Rocker having such a tough time against us, he basically gave us the game. <laughs> well, all those walks. I was like, yeah, we finna rock Kumar Rocker. I don't know if y'all remember, I posted that. We rock Kumar Rocker. You know, um, so I, I was pretty confident uh, once I saw how the team responded in that second game. Now, the third game, uh, the game winner, uh, the one that solidified Mississippi State history in the state of Mississippi, um, I was just blown away by – We normally we always find out a way how to Mississippi State something. We will be winning, and then we will let a team back in it. We don't just step on their neck. We stepped on Vanderbilt's neck. If Mississippi State can get like that in all of their sports, we will have more championships coming. When you got talent, when when a team gives you the lead or you take the lead from them, you step on their neck and don't let them come back. Uh, Kendrick, you said, uh, I think I mean, remember you saying, uh, how did we not get to the college football playoff in 2014? You want to know why? Because we did not step on Alabama's neck when we had a chance to step on their neck. Uh, and that season went down the drain after that Alabama game. You know, uh, national championship games in women's basketball. We did not step on Notre Dame and South Carolina's neck to solidify those championships. Okay. Well, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We weren't totally out of that game. We had a chance to win it. But we didn't we stepped on yeah. that. We made those Commodore. We we, we commandeered their ship. We Captain Jack Sparrow day behind. That's what we did. But but when you say stepping on somebody's neck, you got you kind of speed and then that's what say what now. He ain't know nobody knew what you said. Breaking up. So I'm the thing is, we made history uh, in Mississippi State sports. First national championship, uh, team national championship in school history. Uh, locked up the coach for additional years. Got a young swag. I, I wish we could have got those guys, those young freshmen, to come to campus at least for a year, but they took their money. Can't blame them. You know, uh, I would have took the money too <laughs> if I had the talent to play Major League Baseball. But I really feel like we, we still have a chance to come back and defend our national championship with what we bring back and what we are bringing in. You know, um, I was going to say that, um, oh, my God, you were just talking about something. I had an interesting point, but oh, well. I, I You know, that's another part of it is that 
Um, the historian in me feels as though that uh, we have a perfect opportunity. I believe that the thing about Mississippi State is that sometimes you have to know how to win. And the problem was is that we were getting to situations where we could win a championship. And since there was no precedent for a team even having done that, it was kind of hard to break through. Anytime where we had opportunity, like you say, we would Mississippi State it up. Um, so I feel as though that, especially in baseball, that now that we have that first one out of the way, that um, we could be ushering in um, a thousand yellow just right. And um, I mean, that would be pretty cool. I think that we're going to have more natties on the way. And interesting point. So I've heard. natties uh, and not mythical ones like old Miss be claiming. Right. I've heard a few people talk about this, that um, after we won the national championship, it didn't feel as impactful as they thought it would. And I have a theory about that. My theory is that if you're a Mississippi State fan and we won a national championship and it doesn't feel quite the way you thought it would, the reason is because we've been a national championship caliber program the entire time. Um, we have the facilities. We have the players. I mean, look at the look at how many um, elite players that we have in a, in the major leagues right now. We have what, like two, three uh, all stars. Quite a few guys who have been all stars. Um, you know uh, that 2013 has definitely has its prints all over the MLB right now. And so when you think about great fans, the facilities the program history, all of that good stuff. I think that the reason why it might not feel as impactful is because we've always been a top tier program. We just never had the championships to show for it. And now that we have it, it's one of those deals where it's like, we realized that we already had everything that we needed. All that we got really was validation, if that makes any sense. You know, yeah, but it feels good to have that validation, though. It's oh yeah, like, and now one yeah, thing I gotta say, trophy. I mean to throw to throw that in old Miss's face. You know, I mean they throw their mythical uh, fairy tale championships on our face. We have a real one, a earned one. Now, so, now to their credit, they did get a real one in women's golf. They did. You know, so. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. And I can put an asterisk on that because then something happened to our women's golf team where their season ended prematurely and where they couldn't compete. I think then something I, happened. I think I don't know about that, but what happened was that the the something, title something tournament got LSU. rained out. Yeah, something went down here in LSU and Baton Rouge happened, and they ended their season. So I don't know, but. You can't you can't do that to them because you ain't gonna do it to us because because he's safe. So let's not let's yeah. not go down. You're right. You're... <laughs> I, I, uh, but Mr. John says we were fortunate to have the pitching this year. We probably had fifteen run one one uh, one run games this year. Hey, Mr. John, ready to talk football? <laughs> we I mean, I'm not. I'm not ready to talk football yet. I mean, football football is cool. 
I mean, we do have to talk about the um I mean, are y'all ready to talk about the, the Oklahoma Texas deal yet? No. No. I, I, really, uh, I need them to stay where they behind there. I don't want them in the ACC. Stay in the Big Twelve. Uh, you know, stay in the Big Twelve. And and I'm gonna say this somebody's gonna be mad at me. Somebody watching gonna be mad. I want them to stay there because I don't want them too long. <laughs> what it is. What you want? I don't want them two L's on my record. We got enough losses. I don't want two automatic L's on my record. Let's yeah, because here, here the thing is, the, 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 the new West would move Alabama to the East and put us in the new ACC West with Texas uh, and Oklahoma. L, L. Texas doesn't scare me. Hey, listen. There's a lot of teams that didn't, in the past that ain't still some whipped out Here, Here's the thing. The only thing is Mike Leach has experience against Big 12 defenses. <laughs> well, you, so, you got you know, you know, what, though? He lost to them, too. I was about to say, that the thing is, is that he had experience with Big 12 defenses where Oklahoma and Texas were always the schools he couldn't beat. You know what I'm saying? So you know, you know, I'm very opinionated. Then he beat Texas one year. That yeah, one year. Yeah, one year. One year. Look, you know how I feel about Mike, about Mike Leach. Mike Leach is a friend of the Black Dog Sports Podcast. Great guy. I didn't. I am on the record. I didn't like the hire then. I don't like the hire now. Love him as a person, Good guy. Didn't like the hire. I thought we should have got Steve Sarkeesian. And he's at Texas, so we so now what? We are over. I like the hire. Now it's gonna take time to put in his offense to get in gear, you know. But come on, we got two Doe Walker Award uh, list of running backs on the list. When we ever had that two, and they don't even run the ball. (laughs) And that's the thing, no joke, man. Come on, man. I mean, y'all. They needed to they needed to fill the list up. That's probably all that was. Come on. I didn't I did I did not like the hire. My thing is is like I say, people talk about when he was in the SEC before Kentucky, it's like the the to me. Now and here's another thing. He runs the air raid, and plenty of people run the air raid, but his version of the air raid is antiquated. Um and it reminds me of when I think it was what the guy named was Tony Franklin or something like that was um, the offensive coordinator at Auburn. And he was one of the first guys to ever run the spread. But the type of spread that he ran was the wrong kind of spread. And they were awful. Um, to me, the air raid, the type of air raid he runs is just like a full court press in basketball. You can beat undisciplined teams, and you can beat mid-major teams and stuff with that crap, but when you run against an actual talented team, you know, they don't fall for it. It's just like Georgia Georgia Tech or one of those teams that runs the option. Like, well, it's cool against, you know, poorly disciplined teams, but when you play somebody worth a darn, you know, they're going to beat the crap out of you. I mean, it is what it is. But Mr. John had a response to your uh, your uh, your uh, about this author. He said the only reason he wants them is if the conferences are going to 16 teams, we would probably take North Carolina or Clemson. 
and we were still going to be underdogs. He said he also agrees on your uh, on your statement about the hire uh, of, of Coach Leach. I'm going to disagree with both of these. I like the hire. Who is that? Uh, John Stringer, Mr. Stringer. Okay. Love Mr. Stringer. Shout out to Mr. Stringer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I almost always agree. I, I'm just a fan of Mike Leach. I mean, yeah, he's a different. He's he's different. I don't. I don't. I don't like. The only thing I I, I want to criticize Coach Leach about is when it's a running situation, he passes the darn ball. <laughs> when it's when it's when it's, you need one yard, run the ball. You know, like please run it. But hey, a few of those times when he threw it, we actually converted. But against top tier teams, it's gonna be tough. So I, I think. He, I, I like the hire because it changes the culture of Mississippi State. It changes the offensive history of Mississippi State, which is something that we needed. We've always been that smash mouth type of football. With Mullen, we started throwing the ball around more, but we're still somewhat a little bit smash mouth. Now we're not smashing no mouth. <laughs> like, we're not smashing no mouth. Uh, we straight pass happy, baby. I mean, I just wish you would mix a little run in. If he mixes a little run in, I really feel like we would definitely have a better season because we have to run back talent to do it. We got two talented, very different, skilled running backs. Well, I'm willing to give I'm willing to give a mulligan for this past season, even though <laughs> whatever. Um. I'm willing to get, I feel as though that this season is going to tell us what we have. Uh, at the end of this season, I'm either going to be proved right or else I'm going to be ready to eat crow. You know, so. So you want the John Cohen to mohead leech? At the end of this season, we'll know. At the end of this season, we'll know. Right now, I'm going to say that I, I don't like the hire, I think it's headed in the wrong direction. But I'm willing to acknowledge that it's um the jury still out. I mean, you gotta you gotta get this time, man. I mean, yeah, we got look at the quarterback room. We've never had this collection of quarterback young, still unproven, but talented quarterbacks with the ability to throw the ball down. Now, when you tie young, that Jack Abraham guy got to be like ours. Well, Jack Abraham, he old, but I mean, he's gonna be yeah, that, one year to that guy. I'm, I'm talking about that guy. Rogers. And Ro- and Ro- that guy showed up at USM uh, around the time I left Mississippi State back in 08. So, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean Jack Abraham, I mean, he's a stopgap. You know, I mean, he's a hundred year. Uh, it's a possibility Robertson might beat both of them out. You never know, you know. So, um, okay. Will Rogers, as far as I'm concerned, is like, I – I'm not saying he bad or anything like that, but I didn't see anything. He reminds me of Schrader, where everybody was hyping him up, and I'm like, well, he's fine and everything, but I didn't uh, see anything to say that he's like this unstoppable. Speaking of which, where did Gary Schrader go again? He went to Syracuse. Oh, okay. Whatever. Well, here's, here's my thing. Y'all, y'all come out, I like the high, I don't like the high. We got one that likes and one doesn't. So I'm going to break the tie and say I do like it. Thank the only you. reason why is because, oh man, I just saw a car and had a man picture shot. That dude was riding down the street like this. Okay, <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> but listen, 
I, the reason why I like it is because of the name. Simple as that. You know, if we lose all games, hope, I was hoping it was a big, you know, shock higher, you know, a bull higher. Um, that's right. the reason why I like it. But the product on the field, first, of course, obviously it's yet to be seen. But I'm going to give him the benefit of doubt, just like I did Joe the first year. And the only reason why I don't feel as hostile toward him is because he didn't come in with – with, um, Get your uh, finger ready. <laughs> come in with seven NFL players on the defense side of the ball. Like, <laughs> most came in with like – All you had to do was go 20 plus a game. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't. And I, I guess that's why everybody with him. And he had a sudden short leash. But with Leach, um, I'm actually I'm shooting just like I did. More hit, more hit. I gave him that first year. I was like, you know what? First year. Um, and then, like, uh, Coach Pitt, same way. So, first year. You don't. When she came in, she was like, I got to teach these girls how to score. They don't know how to score. So, them not her type of girl. You know, Mike Leach. You know, to run an array, you got to think about it. He had a team with like 10 tight ends on when he came in. So he has to get his. Go on now. <laughs> hey, go He came in here. He got a broom. <laughs> I'm saying, though, it's like, dude, you the man trying to get, you know, an array lineman in there. You know, you know, maybe some smaller lineman that going to kick back real fast. You know, they kick back games off. You know, he has to have what he needs to run that air raid, man. I mean, offense. And, uh, you know, I've got to give him the opportunity to do that. And if the defense can stay steady, they you know they keep their head above water. Um, and, uh, you know, if they keep their head above water and stay where they at and wait on that offense to click, then we might be okay. So, I but, I mean, I'm good with the hire because it's freaking Mike Lee. Like, what? Who we got? Like, seriously? You know, so. And then I'm cool. when you brought up defense, you brought up again. when you bring up the defense, it's like we have a future college head coach as our defensive coordinator. He's going to be a head coach. Okay. And then, you know, Mike Leach's teams have never been known for their defense. You know, we got two shutdown corners. And mm-hmm. Wolves, you know, and Mark. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and a martial artist on the team. Who's the martial artist? Oh, <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> the karate I, kid. He from your alma mater. Wasn't that Callaway? Who? Odom? Yeah. Yeah, Callaway and Fighters, man. Huh? Who, Aaron Odom? Nah, the wide receiver. Oh, well, <laughs> Well, Malik played wide. We're talking about defense, bro. He's talking, he's talking about... <laughs> that like, man went out there, gave that man that crane kick. <laughs> man, you going to get off Malik, man. <laughs> oh, so, goodness. Uh, but defensively, we have a good... I, I think we're going to have a good two deep. Only position defensively I am concerned about is the safety position. We have a lot of young talent that that played a lot last year, and they got exposed. So hopefully this year they won't get exposed again because that's you know when you got them two shutdown corners, you know teams are going to find 
place to throw the ball. So those safeties are going to have to tighten up in pass coverage. Um, or we'll have the same results that we had last year. Now, we did get that transfer from Texas. Probably going to play nickel uh, corner. Or he could possibly play safety uh, as well. So um, the defense is going to be good. Now, since you did bring up Malik, I mean, the wide receiver talent we have is unreal. I mean, you got Malik coming back. You got the Cowboy coming back, hopefully his knee injury. Uh, he, he's fully recovered from his knee injury in the egg bowl. You got Mr. Stickham, you know, Austin Williams. He was at uh, SEC Media Days. What? It's time for him to finally, finally break out. What? What? I mean... Come on, man. What? I mean... No, wait. No, no, no. Derek, not Derek. Uh, Ken, go on here and say what's on your mind, man. Why you say what when he brought up Austin Williams? Why? Okay. This this man okay. has been trumped as the next great wide receiver in Mississippi State history for the past three years. It's time for him to step up. Why are you bringing up Austin Williams in a conversation about football? Because he's one of our wide receivers that's going to play a lot. That's no, but you were talking, you were talking about somebody that's making a difference. Well, it's time for him to. Don't you think? What has he shown? What has he shown you on a football field? That makes you think he has any opportunity to make a difference on a football field. Last year, and he got it. It's time for it. What did he do last? I'm, I, I know you see, you missed my question. What has he done? Fumbling in any, anything on the football field. What he has he fumbling, done? He fumbling in there, bro. He got a couple of touchdowns. He he has a couple of touchdown grabs this night, but it's time for him to be more a more consistent wide receiver in the offense. Okay, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna say it. So y'all can cancel me cancel me if you want. No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you no. If he had <laughs> his skin. Oh, uh, Kendrick. In a portal. A long time. Tell me I'm wrong. It's better receivers transferred. And it has it's better receivers who's not on the team that has transferred. And I'm not saying we gotta keep the white boy. It's that clean, crisp guy who we're gonna say he's Mr. Sickham and he's Mr. Reliable, which he ain't. That's just the that's just the uh, the title that we give to these kids. Because I mean any any European American that plays wide receiver at any level past high school, that's the title he gets, Mr. Reliable. They know he's not. He's basic as all get out. We had uh, it's, a, it's a bunch of people that are – matter of fact, the, number, the guy that, that had the best numbers at the LSU game had the best numbers in LSU game and didn't, do no, and didn't get no balls for the rest of the year. That, that's – how is that possible? And now he's transferred out. Hey, how is that possible? He wasn't a leech guy. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you, son. I mean, you can say you can use code to say he wasn't a leech guy all you want. But <laughs> me and you know, and I'm going to put you in this because you're on this podcast. We know why Austin Williams still considered one of the better boys. Why is Austin Williams at media day? Okay, here we go. I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to put it that way. Let's put all the other stuff aside. Why is uh, you're going to have your stars at media day, right? 
He's nowhere he's near your best. He's nowhere right. near to be. Why is he being at media day? And you know why. I know why. The fans know why. Let's stop this. And let me get it out. Hold on, wait. See if I. Here's my race card. I just played it. <laughs> Fast and loose. <laughs> Uh, the views of Kendrick Vivian are not necessarily those of the Black Dog Podcast. We're going to take on the tough topics. And you however, however uh, Kendrick, Kendrick, you already know that um, I have a pair of nads on me, if I do have say so myself. Jeremiah, you know, I hit a sense of you, so have fun. Go ahead. Marvels. I'm not saying nothing. Marvels, if you will. Okay. I agree with you. I, I I don't I like you know in the group we talked about this and I was like I am not clear on what Austin Williams did on the field to warrant him. Be- Only thing I keep hearing about is he's a leader in the locker room and he represents the program well. Uh, you talking, why are you talking like Paul Bearer? On a roll, <laughs> he's on the on a roll. Like nothing. It, like nobody can give you an answer as to what he did on the field to say that he's one of the he's basically Otis. Okay? He's Otis on the temptation. He's the the glue of the team, but I, I don't even know what Otis sounds like. Like, can Otis even actually sing? I'm gonna assume that he can carry a tune or whatever, but I found out something interesting. So in David Ruffin's hometown, they dedicated a whole day after him and named the road after him and everything. Um, what did they do for Otis in his hometown? Named some raggedy projects after him. Okay. <laughs> they made sure that even in his hometown, there ain't nobody coming to see him. Okay? So they didn't name a nice road after him, a nice school or anything like that. He for named some projects after him. I had never seen anything like it, but I'm with you. If, uh, you know, anytime we have a Caucasian player on the team, somehow they start talking about his leadership ability and stuff like that. And I don't get it. <laughs> hey, Kendrick, Trey, Trey said you're a hater. <laughs> Who's the hater? Oh, oh, Trey Adcock. hands on the whole team. Yeah, Trey Adcock. And he, he, and said, he, won, your, and he won your best friends. That's one of my nemesis. Arrgh. I but mean, hey, stay, stay cool. Stay cool with the podcast real heavy. I dare Trey. Like I say, me and Trey got that 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 relationship. Like I ain't got nothing against him because we got, we go back and forth all the time. And the brother, and he never said nothing, you know, personally, you know, at me. But he, you know, he's gotten he itched my ass a little bit. But he's never got personal, so I'm cool with him, right? He, he keeps it professional. So I'm gonna ask him in the comments. So those two questions. First, am I lying? Second, if I'm not lying, has he done on the field to make us say he's this guy? Those are my challenges to uh, try. And if All I right, say man, I'm gonna say this: if we had about, uh, if we had about a, a solid 100 trades listening to this podcast and following this podcast, we'd be on freaking. Uh, we'd have our own show getting paid by now. Because this guy likes every freaking thing that we post and comments on everything. So, big shout out to him. Um, no, uh, 
Why y'all don't want to talk about? Why y'all don't want to talk Oklahoma? Because I don't want them. I don't want them. I mean, I told you why. I don't want them. Okay, okay. Check this out. Check this out. This is my thing. If Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12, and there's nothing that anybody can do to stop them from leaving the Big 12, what are we supposed to do? Let them go to the Big 10? Man, let them go independent for all I care. (laughs) To me, that's insurance. I want them in the SEC. To me, purely from a strategic and money standpoint, you had to do it. There's I mean, money, no way. Yeah, I mean, money. Yes, money. That's the that's the only benefit to Mississippi State that adding Texas and Oklahoma to the ACC brings is they're going to bring more money in Mississippi State's pocket. They're also going to bring two potential L's too, because right now, even though Texas is not very good, I mean, you know, Steve Sarkeesian. That, 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 you can't discount what the type of program and money Texas has. In the SEC, they're going to get better. Right now, they're hey, better. Check this out. We can't beat check them. Check this out. We can't beat out. Texas or Oklahoma right now. Check this out. I'm going I'm to I'm go ahead and say it. Without doing like old dude who said what he said about Lane Kiffin, that Lane Kiffin had to explain, I'm not going <laughs> to get deep into it, but we've heard things, you know, okay, so the Black Dogs podcast does not claim to be like experts. We we don't talk about a lot of things. We don't go on air and talk about a lot of things, but we hear things. When stuff happens, we hear about it. We have sources. Now let me go ahead and say this to all the people who listen. Since we are black dogs and we have a Facebook group with eight hundred and something people in it, and a lot of those people either know athletes who are on the team or are related to athletes who are on the team. We have people who inbox us and like I have a person who calls me with information all the time. We don't talk about this information but we hear things and we don't put it out there but once again we hear it. Like with the women's basketball team Uh I have heard a lot, a lot, a lot about what went down that basically kind of is the reason why everybody and their mama transferred yeah. out. Like, I, I have heard the whole story on it. I hadn't talked about it. I'm not going to talk about it, but I know what happened. You know, you hear things about, um, mm-hmm. like, when it comes to certain players who left the football team and stuff like that. You know, we know people who are either related to players, related to coaches, stuff like that. When Nicky McCray took the job, we knew Nicky McCray was going to have that job well before the fact. I knew that um, I knew Coach Moorhead was getting fired well before the fact. I mean, we be knowing stuff. So when it comes to Steve Sarkeesian, I wouldn't be very surprised if he didn't sit around in Texas for very long because and the reason why is the reason why I also heard that Mississippi State went with Leach rather than him. There are some things there that may lead to him not sticking around for very long. I could be wrong. I still want him on team because as far as I'm concerned, the guy can coach. I can give a damn less about, you know, all that morality crap. You know, I mean if we living in a world now where I can identify as a horse, and if you think that I'm a human being, 
then you're transphobic. I mean, at this point, morality don't even matter. You know, it is what it is. Come on, man. I mean, it is what it is. I identify as a horse, okay? From now on, I identify as a horse, and I identify as being skinny, all right? If I go to the doctor and they tell me that I'm at risk for diabetes and that I got high blood pressure, they're transphobic. And it is what it is, okay? So, um, Y'all put that in your pipe and smoke it. Y'all excuse him. He been smoking his pipe. I mean, <laughs> uh, man, I identify as being, no, we will talk about it. Nah, it ain't really much to talk about with Oklahoma and Texas no more. But, are y'all, y'all, are y'all serious? Y'all don't want to talk about it? I think it's I, I, interesting. I want them to stay where they at or go independent. I don't want them in the SEC. I don't. I'm going to say this with, with uh, it just kind of, kind of touched on a little bit. Missouri was nothing. Came and won the East. Three years right? in a row, didn't it? Then uh and then we nothing. But that's what I'm saying though. Uh and then was average and they came over. Now they're actually, I mean, you know, not even counting this year, but they came in, start making some noise. You know, they start because what's gonna happen is Texas, Oklahoma, okay, they already you know they dominating over there, but one of them was anyway. But they they're gonna come over here and they're gonna start getting SEC talent, bro. And they already because start- you know we lose recruits to Oklahoma and Texas. Every Oklahoma day. and Texas have the talent. They lack and they coaching. got the money. And they got the and money. Texas, Texas is kind of like Ole Miss, like where they have the players and they have the resources. But like um one of those baseball players that we had on for the uh, College World Series extravaganza, like he said about Ole Miss, they don't have grit like Mississippi State does. And uh, another thing about Texas recruiting, I got a friend, he played um, football at SMU. And then, you know, Jeremiah did a lot of scouting work um, over there back in the day. And the one thing that both of them have said is that at Texas, you know, they have the stadiums that's the size of college stadiums. And they treat the football real serious. It's almost like college over there. And they say that the problem with Texas players is that they peak early. They, they've been developed as much as they can possibly be developed. And once they get to college, they're as good as they're ever going to be. Whereas you have some guy in Mississippi, you know, somebody like Bernardrick McKinney or freaking Chris Jones, who've been playing at some freaking 1A school with dust flying up everywhere. When you look at the highlight film and they have a one-room shack to change and stuff like that. And them boys are country strong and they ain't never been on a serious, you know, you know, the coaching is a little iffy and all that stuff, and they get to college and they're raw. So once they get to college and they start getting developed, and then some of those guys, you know, when they get to the NFL, you're like, you, Mississippi State has had plenty of players where you're like, where was this guy when he was at Mississippi State? You know, like Chris Jones. Chris Jones was taking plays off when he was at Mississippi State. Now, he had flashes where you would see him at, like, I remember one time they played LSU. Chris Jones was out there mauling guys on the line. But when he got to Kansas City, the dude was unblockable. It was like, where was that guy when he was at Mississippi State? Or Fletcher Cox. 
guys like that you like because they keep developing. They're so raw that even when they get to the NFL, they're not as good as they're going to be. Whereas in Texas, those guys, they're just, you know, they're, they're, they peak. They come into college um, really good players, but they don't get any better. Basically, it's like Rick Stansberry uh, recruits. Oh, I shouldn't have said it. They done when they get to start with. <laughs> I, I have well, you know one thing. One one thing I said is that about Rick Stansberry is like somebody like Charles Rose. No shade against Man, Charles Rose. No Charles Rose. You gonna get off my jack town? What I'm gonna say is asking a compliment to him. When Charles Rose came, and you would see this with a lot of guys on the Stansberry. Like, he was basically the same person freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. And then once they get the man body, like, Charles Rhodes, his senior year at State was a freaking beast. And I can only wonder what would have happened if he would have had a coach who would have developed him a little bit better. Because by the time – if he would have been playing the way he was playing his senior year, but then again, now I think about it, it sounded like Reggie Perry also. But whatever. Reggie Perry actually made it to the league, got some playoff time and stuff like that. But yeah. Um and let me ask y'all another question. Y'all ever noticed back when we was at Mississippi State that Mississippi State would get five star players and those dudes would come to Mississippi State and do absolutely nothing. But you could take somebody like D'Amico Ryans, who was a two star player, and he go to Alabama and become a freaking pole bowler. Like what's up with that? And that's it's kind of it kind of like I always ask questions with football. I say, why our four threes don't look like other teams four threes? Like our four threes get caught by people. Other people four threes once they get some space, they got. <laughs> but we got oh this guy runs a four three, and you see somebody zooming past him. I'm like, so I I I know exactly what you're saying, brother. Short four three and a long four three. Short long three speed, long four three speed. I guess. Right. Maybe, maybe that's I mean, Mississippi State, as far as I'm concerned, Mississippi State has never had a running back that once they get into the open, it's over with. Because uh, even Tyler Hill would get uh, uh down. Uh, before Dante Walker, game here. Well, no, no, no. Now, now, I'm not talking about those old school guys. Because that freaking J.J. Johnson, oh, my God. Because – I'm, here's the thing, I you know Dante Walker when he would break free, you wasn't catching him. When he got caught from behind, I knew something was up. I was like, never seen him get caught from behind open field. When I saw him get caught from behind, I knew something was up with him. So yeah, we have had that in the past, but lately, no. Uh, I mean, they, 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 say what now? Brandon Holloway. <laughs> Whenever he did break through the over the uh, middle, <laughs> I mean, Brandon Holloway. Every time Brandon Holloway touched the ball, I felt like his life was in danger. Poor Brandon Whoa. Holloway. That dude was so freaking small. It was like on the water boy when Michigan experimented with a cowboy. Like, <laughs> I mean, Jerry Norwood. I said Norwood. Norwood. Nobody. But see, that's an old school guy. I'm talking about like. Mullen, Mullen era guys. Let's see. All right. could take it to the house if he got an Who? He had that type of speed. Who? He got told me a couple of times. 
You say who? Ladarius Perkins. Okay, yeah. maybe maybe Perkins. Maybe. You got film of him getting sucked up at the three-yard line. Let me tell you something about Ladarius Perkins. Ladarius Perkins. Ladarius Perkins was not a every-down back. I will never forgive Coach Mullen for trying to turn into an every-down back. Um, Ladarius Perkins was one of those guys where when you had uh, – oh, God, what's the other guy named? Vic Ballard. When Vic uh, Ballard – yeah, when Vic, Vic Ballard, you let him uh, run it first, pack him down, you put down Ladarius Perkins on third down, or, you know, if you are going to uh, have him in – you know, you get him the ball in space and let him make something happen. But he was not an every down back. And I would I thought I would never forgive him for that. And then Brandon Holloway, what the put Brandon Holloway in the slot. Exactly. Malik Holloway should have been a running back. Malik, from what I understand, it was Malik Deer himself. Who wanted to play wide receiver? Man, look, you put him in the backfield. I look, you preaching? You preaching to the choir? Brandon Holloway should have been at Jackson State or something. Hey, you preaching to the choir because uh, uh, I would tell anybody that listen, Malik Deer is the best running back that I had ever seen in a in high school. I own a Murray Mustang to shut me up. <laughs> I don't know. It was that Oh, shut up. Like I always remember him playing against Greenville High and waving goodbye to um waving goodbye to Gary Green running into the end zone. Man, I mean uh Ken, what you got going on? And you look fro he froze. Yeah, he'll be alright. But I tripping off the the face that he was making where it froze. All right, so we got anything else that we want to touch on before we wrap this thing up? Well, well first, um, y'all probably know where I'm about to go on this. Uh, I want to wish your family, uh, my blue family, and the uh, family of a former Mississippi State Bulldog and my fraternal brother, Eugene Liger, uh, prayers. Uh, it's a Eugene's uh, homegoing service was today. Um, you know, it's sad when you lose someone that you've known for a long time and then they come back into your life and you find out you have so much in common with them um and then he was a part of our podcast for a while and then just like that they're gone so i'm gonna pray for eugene's family his children um my blue fam you know um as eugene was sent home today yeah um Good dude, like having him on. Um, definitely very good oratorical skills. Um, was excellent on the excellent on the podcast. Um, like I say, you know, I didn't really know him that well, but you know, uh, and we had um a few interactions or whatever. But you know, he was good dude, and you you don't want to see something like that happen. Um, prayers out to the family. Um, and like I say, we'll keep him in. We'll keep in our memory on the podcast. Uh, Ken, you got anything to say before we get up at this thing? 
It's, it's Ken oh, even. Oh, you, do. you also got to unmute yourself, Ken. Unmute yourself. Okay, is that it? Yeah. Drop it now? Yeah, we, yeah, we got it. I'm froze. Yeah, you froze. I, I, I mean, look. Okay. I mean, we can I, hear you. Derek told those speech when I, I heard he was talking about Eugene. Um, if no, if um, nobody remembers, uh, okay. Well, I'm just going to keep talking whatever happened. First, they intercepted the pass and um, 99 on the kick, kick, kick. When we beat Ole Miss my first time, he was the one that caught the interception. And I um, took it down a little bit um, for us to be able to keep the field goal at me. Uh, Oxford Community College. Uh, Romero Middle was quarterback. Are we losing it, Kendrick? Okay. Arthur, you there? You losing, Kendrick. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Um, he... First... Uh, But uh, right. Okay. So um, close us out. Close us out. Yeah. Um, bad boy, baby. So I on Wednesday, I saw our school back or whatnot. But Wednesday is also gonna be. A very important day. Wait, is it even Wednesday, bro? I don't even know. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, I, I think it's Wednesday, you but I can't be sure. Yeah, on Wednesday. I, you feel me? On Wednesday, it's more important than the first day of school because on Wednesday, exactly thirty-six years earlier, in Greenville, Mississippi. That was a baby born, all right? And this was a very handsome, intelligent baby who would grow up to become me, all right? <laughs> and um, <laughs> for whatever reason, my birthday is always on the first day of school. Like, these people keep destroying my life. Now, when I was a kid, school didn't start until, like, the end of August. Somewhere along the line, they started starting. They started starting school at the beginning of August, and it's been some bullshit ever since. So I can never just enjoy my birthday. Okay, you know, it's always the first day of orientation, the first day back for teachers, the first day back for students, or whatever the case may be. Um, so uh, I'm gonna do what I do every year. I'm gonna go to Serenis for my birthday. You know what I'm saying? Where? Serenis. It's in uh, Flowood. Because you get to eat for free on your birthday. So all of my mans and them is going to be out there. You know, it's going to be cool. You feel me? So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bad boy, baby. Uh, Is there anything else that I'm going to be doing? Um, Well, outside of talking about the foolishness of how people need to stop killing each other in the cities of Jackson and Greenville, um, if we could curtail that, that would be great. If um, personally, I think it's one of those things that police cannot possibly solve. 
because it is a cultural issue. So I am going to go ahead and say that we as a community, and when I say we in a community, and about the black community, we need to come together and have a conversation. Uh, if you have children, you need to have a conversation with your children. You need to know where your children are, and you need to have a good idea of what they are doing. Okay. Um, until they leave their house, they ain't grown. Okay. So, um, yeah, take the village. All right. So, uh, that is all that I have to say on this episode of the Black Dog Sports Podcast. We keep saying that we're not going to make y'all wait long, but we keep doing it. We got to be more consistent. Um, but yeah, football season is coming. So that's going to force us to have to get our game together. All right. So anyway, K-bye. Okay,